Oh man, I just got a new Blu-ray. I can't wait to watch it. But first I got to take the plastic off here. Oh yeah. Awesome. Oh, now I can wait. Damn it. I can't open it yet. It's got one of those protective stickers on it. I got to peel that off real quick. Okay, now I can watch it. Damn it. There's another sticker along the freaking spine. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, finally, now I can watch. Now I can, now I can find, what? Another freaking wrapper? Oh my God, hold on. There. Now I can finally watch the wit and wisdom of the Kardashians. <laughs> what? There's no disc in here. Oh, I get it. It's time once again for the great unwrapping on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer everybody i am the greatest prop comic in podcasting <laughs> insane mike and i am your host here of attack of the killer podcast this is episode 218 and it's one of our favorite topics where we each get to pick a movie from our collection that we have never bothered to open or even watched that is until now that's right it is unwrapping part three here on attack of the killer podcast and one of the reasons why I think we like this topic is, you know, because it, it, it gives us more of a variety. See, Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where, you know, we, we're a group of friends. We get together and we talk about movies that we pick from a particular topic. Um, and so the, usually the movies have a common theme that relate to that topic. But in this case, with the unwrapping episodes, you know, it's... You know, it's mayhem and chaos. It's cats and dogs living together. So it's pretty <laughs> random. But uh, since, you know, we're going to talk about these movies in depth, there is probably going to be spoilers. So if you have this movie still sitting on your shelf and you haven't unwrapped it yet, maybe you should watch it before going forth. If you like the show and want to be one of us, one of us, one of us. Uh, you can become an attacker. Being an attacker gets you the opportunity to get a lot more Attack of the Killer podcast in your life. If you go to jointheattackers.com, you choose at what level of attacker you want to be. Depending on what you choose, you can get an official attacker's um, certificate, membership card. You can also get like bonus episodes special videos, exclusive video series like Killer Critiques and Insane Mike's One Minute, one minute Top 10 lists. Uh, you can also get a personalized Mikey's Monster. It's a new perk where I draw you as a monster of my design. <laughs> uh, there's also shout outs that you can get on future episodes. Um, all kinds of stuff, all the way up to getting your very own Attack of the Killer podcast t-shirt. So join, go to jointheattackers.com, choose the level of attacker you want to be. That's jointheattackers.com. And now it is time to introduce you all to the podcast crew. 
He likes long walks on the beach, nude sunbathing, and his favorite movie is Clantergeist. Andrew, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hope you're having a good goddamn day. (laughs) He is only, he is in only 27 different fantasy football leagues. Jason. That's, I, not that many, but quite a few. What's up, everybody? Hey, real quick, we're doing a contest all summer long. Go to contest.aotkp.com and get signed up, and you can win some stuff. It's pretty cool. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode. He he is the one who is the biggest fan of my puns, so he would be a tad disappointed if I didn't include one in his intro. (laughs) Tad, everybody! Thanks for listening. This is me signing off. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, our very special guest... Welcoming back to the show, the host of Customers Also Watched and the upcoming Unsung Horrors, premiering October 1st, right on the PFPN. Erica, everyone! Hey guys, thanks for having me back. So, Erica, why don't you uh, you know tell the listeners out there a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you got going on? Yeah, so my current podcast, Customers Also Watch, that is a podcast about movies streaming for free on Amazon Prime, where I just strictly follow that Customers Also Watch list uh, in an unbroken trail. Um, Jason and Mike have both been guests before, and actually Tad will be on an episode coming up soon, too. We just recorded the other day. Uh, So Andy, I got to get you on there, too. So, (laughs) Well, thank you. And then the other podcast is called Unsung Horrors. Like you mentioned, my friend uh, Lance and I are launching that and uh, coming October 1st. Actually, that should be very, very very soon. Um, And then in conjunction with that, we're also doing a movie challenge during the month of October because, you know, everyone always watches a bunch of horror movies during that time. So what we put together was, um, it's called the Horror Gives Back Charity Challenge. Um, It's a different category for every day uh, of the month of October. And the reason that it's called the Horror Gives Back Challenge is that we're encouraging participants to donate a chosen amount per horror movie that they watch in October to charity. So my co-host Lance and I are both doing the challenge in October, then... We'll be making our donations to charity on on November 1st. Um, We've got our categories list pinned on our Twitter page and posted on Instagram. If you want to, you can check it out if you're looking for ideas. Um, We do know that some people already have their own list or might be following other people's list for that month. Um, But those people, you can still enter the contest because the point of it is to just donate X amount per movie that you watch in October to charity. So all the details that you need about how it works, how to enter. um, Those are all posted on our Twitter and Instagram pages. We've got some really great prizes, including um, the out of print book, the cosmic wisdom of Joe Bob Briggs, um, some other books and movies, some artwork by Cody Scheibe, who does a lot of work with um, during like the last drive-in and stuff on shutter and also an Army of Darkness, uh, Ash versus Pitwitch, McFarlane Toys exclusive that's still in the box from 2001. So a lot of great prizes, and we really hope a lot of people can um, watch movies for a great cause in October. 
That's awesome. That is very awesome. Very cool. And sounds like a lot of fun. Um, uh, but I also, I don't want you to sell yourself short. I mean, that's not the only charity work that you do because your, your show has been, um, really helpful to me. It, it's <laughs> been healing in the fact that with customers also watch, I love the structure of the show so much, uh-huh. but I suffer from, um, scrolling itis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where I just go down the prime rabbit hole for hours. <laughs> but when I start to do that, I think of your show and I'm like, nope, I'm going to click on what customers also watched and pick from there. And mm-hmm. I, and I don't back down and I just do it. So, so I thank you. Well, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. And also thank you so much for being on the show again. Yeah, of course. Great having you back. So. Uh, so, a quick shout out now to our sponsor, Shudder! Shudder, the Netflix for horror. Um, and they have just gotten a whole lot cooler, folks. I'm telling you, I'm so excited <laughs> that they have added the Adam Green sitcom Holliston to, to, uh, to their lineup. Uh, if you haven't ever heard of Holliston, um, please, please, please check it out. Uh, it's a sitcom, I feel, that was like made for horror fans. And it's about horror fans. It stars Adam Green and Joe Lynch and there are a couple of aspiring horror film directors um, and the, the, the show is so funny and it's meta and it's just so jam-packed of horror movie references horror movie celebrities popping up all the time it is a fun fun show it was a ri- yeah it is the perfect show uh, it was originally on Fairnet, but got cancelled when the network completely shut down um, and that was before they could ever do their third season um, and so now that it's found its home on Shutter, I'm hoping that the first two seasons are so popular on Shutter that they'll finally be able to make that third season. So you can check out Holliston and all the great horror shows, movies, and so much more by subscribing to Shutter. Now you can get the first month for free on us here at Attack of Killer Podcast. You're welcome. Uh, if you enter our promo code AOTKP, AOTKP you will get that first month for free. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Um, and um, trust me, Shudder is awesome. We here at Attack of the Killer Podcast use Shudder a lot for the films that we watch on the show. Speaking of what we watched, here's Tad with What We Watched. All right, let's get right into it. Andy, what have you watched? Okay, um, I'll start off with a uh, 80s film called Out of Control, and it's about these group of teenagers who, after prom, who are apparently very rich, they book a private uh, hydroplane to go to an island, but instead they crash on a different one and have to survive. But they realize that... It's not really quite like Gilligan's Island. They have to fight off, you know, drug smugglers and, you know, and all this and that. Uh, It's got Betsy Russell and actually the very first uh, film debut of Sherilyn Finn. And it's not that good, but it's really, it's not super bad either. But uh, I can say that I've seen it. It's also got that asshole from uh, Footloose in it that's always wanting to start fights. Not Chris Penn, but like uh, Lori Singer's boyfriend. I think his name, uh, Jim Young's is his name. Um, just an interesting uh, 80s movie. 
Uh, next up, we have a Jim Wynorski movie, which, you know, a lot of guys on it. Yeah, we dig that. But I had never seen this and always wanted to. It's Tracy Lords in Not of This Earth. Oh, weird. that's great. Yeah, weird, weird, weird movie. Um, yeah, like uh, odd space vampire. I mean, that's basically all I can really say about it. And uh, this was like, you, the. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You noticed, right, that about 75% of the movie is stolen footage from other Roger Corman movies? Uh, yes, I believe the first part of it was uh, when uh, Humanoids from the Deep, the the birth uh, at the ending, yeah. uh, it was actually now I was outside. Man, I've seen that before. Um, <laughs> There's a lot, and, a lot, a lot of, of um, footage from other movies in that, in that film. It, that's what makes it so amazing. And yeah, a lot of the deliveries from like the head baddie are like just so deadpan and interesting side note. This was the first time that Tracy Lords ever got legally nude. If you know her backstory. Um, backstory. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, basically, yeah, she was like, you know, what, 15, 16 years old when she first started making porn because she had like a fake ID and it just caused this big uproar and all this and that. But uh, yeah, 18 years old in this movie. Um, <laughs> next up, I watched a movie called, and I saw this when I was maybe eight and I hadn't seen it since then, but I was able to pick it up. These are all VHS, by the way, Tad. I know you love it. Um, <laughs> the It's a movie called The Kiss, and it's with Joanna Pacula and Meredith uh, Sanglinger. Sanglinger, am I saying that right? Uh, Nailed it. Yeah, it's uh, the the gal from the Dream a Little Dream movies. Uh, just got married to Patton Oswalt. Um, but anyway, it has to do with like this aunt and uh, this niece relationship and how a curse is passed on uh through this kiss she has to kiss her in order to because basically the aunt is dead her body is dead and the only thing that looks makes her corpse you know look animated is the curse that's actually living within her i mean she can't be hurt she can't be you know she like falls like through pane glass windows nothing nothing happens the curse has to come out of her at a certain point and it has to be passed on um weird little interesting movie f- from the 80s it's it's not bad and you know it's kind of kind of the same way i feel about out of control it's not bad but it's not especially good it, but it's worth uh it's worth a watch um next up i have the a very strange uh shot on video uh um vhs that i picked up called dead mate have you guys ever heard of this nope, nope. I was gonna is say, this but, the, is also uh, known as like grave uh, vinegar syndrome? Put it uh, out as grave something. Um, I think it might have an alternate title. I'm not sure. Hold on, give me two seconds. Well, it's got necrophilia in it, right? Yes, it does. Okay, then yeah, we're thinking. It's, I think it's like grave robbers or something like that. Is the alternate title? Uh, of course, Eric had seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, basically, uh, this uh, mortuary guy, uh, he, uh, Undertaker, whatever you want to call him, uh, 
uh, he shows up at like this diner and he like instantly proposes to this girl, but it turns out he's trying to find like this mate and like he runs this mortuary. As far as I can tell, he purposely kills people for like sort of like a Jeffrey Dahmer dead sex slave ring that he's got going on. I, it's, it's really, it's a really odd, odd movie. Um, uh, and Oh, I, I don't think I've ever seen acting more atrocious in this. The, the acting is, Oh, this girl. I mean, she, she's pretty enough to be a lead, you know, not that, you know, beauty is like, you know, really matters, but like, Wow, her acting is just oh Christ, it's awful. Um, but yeah, it's it's very very different, very different. It's dead sex slaves. If you're into that sort of thing, the <laughs> uh, last one I want I uh, well not quite the last one. I've got a few more things I want to talk about, but uh, the last uh, physical form of media that I have, I watched a ninja movie. Uh, called Pray for Death with uh, Shokashugi from the 1980s. Have you guys ever heard of this? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a ninja revenge movie, and it's it's typical of the you know it's very close. It's similar you know in in tone to uh, the canon you know ninja movies that they put out in the 80s, where you know basically Shokashugi is just you know scowling at everything like he's really pissed off at it like he'll look at an orange like it just murdered his whole fucking family you know and basically that's that's basically what this is he's you know out to revenge you know for the guy that killed his wife you know this this mobster um yeah i mean it is what it is i mean it's an 80s revenge action flick uh lots of lots of sword play uh very cheesy which means i like it um <laughs> but yeah it's not bad it's fun. I also watched a documentary that I highly, highly recommend from 2019 and it's on prime. It's called life after flash. Have you guys ever seen this? Nope. No, that's the flash Gordon doc, right? Yes. Uh, Sam, Sam Jones. And it's very, um, it's very informative about how Sam Jones's life was before flash. And then how it was after flash, you know, his clashes with Dino De Laurentiis, and uh like the guy who played uh Voltan the the hot guy uh Brian Blessed he is still hilarious to this day you know cuz he's like this trained british actor and he was talking about like uh trouble on the set that they were having there because he Dino De Laurentiis would come there cuz he was producing the movie and he was making he was making everybody nervous until he finally just you know he he got enough gumption to just walk up to Dino De Laurentiis and then, you know, kind of like it in his Volton voice. He's like, Dino, you must fuck off. We cannot get anything done. You must fuck off. You know, uh, <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> hilarious to watch him say that because he like, he's like a very, you know, proper English gentleman. And he, he kind of comes, you know, he talk, you know, looks into the camera and says, can I say F? He's like, yeah, say whatever you want. He's like, I told Dino, you, <laughs> must fuck, you must, you must fuck off. We cannot get anything done. You're making everyone you know, great stuff. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you you will find out stuff about Sam Jones that is very very heartbreaking. You know about growing up and the loss of his brother, and also for like you know people who collect and all. You know, I'm pretty sure all of us do. I don't, I don't know if I can speak for Erica or not, but uh, 
the the movie props that these guys have collected and you know between you know the artwork and you know the hawkman blasters all these guys have got it everybody's got like you know the pinball machine that i absolutely love and would totally want to have someday um and they also interview brian may you know about the you know because everybody knows that theme you know flash ah uh yeah really good stuff i highly recommend that and also the and i'm almost done sorry um I also have watched the first four episodes of the second season of the boys, which is like my favorite TV show going right now. And I highly, highly recommend that because there is no more. There's a no better villain on TV right now, in my opinion, than the Homelander hands down. You're not going to convince me of anything else. Uh, Definitely watch uh, the boys on Amazon prime. And that's all I got. Okay, um, let's keep the long street going. Jason, what did you watch? Hey, I got a few. Uh, let's see. I see last, um, the other day we had a watch party. I watched April Fool's Day. Me too. It was a lot of fun. Yep, you were there and you were there and you were there. I was, I was fooled. Was I really liked it. And I was now that, you know, maybe um, relating to our bonus episode, because it's fun to reference those. But I don't, after, when I watched it, I'm like, man, maybe I didn't see that growing up felt awfully new but it was great i liked it a lot uh then i also watched um charlie kaufman's new movie i'm thinking of ending things me too yeah we kind of talked about it a little bit and i still well i wanted i was going to be like well and since i'm so smart i and you know i don't want to spoil anything i can't tell you what it's about really so but I don't know if I could tell you what it's about anyway. I Other couldn't, than I couldn't spoil it if I wanted to. Right. <laughs> two philosophy it's, majors argue for two hours on a car ride. Okay. But I'll tell you what, man, I fucking loved it. I knew. I mean, I know I'm the guy, the boy who cried awesome, but I sure did love it. It's uh, it's there's a lot to unpack. There's a very existential and very artsy, and it's. You know, it's I'm looking on, on Letterbox now, and the first review says "too dumb to understand this." <laughs> and sure, I feel that way sometimes, but this one pushes it. I I enjoyed it. I hope to watch it some more to help figure it out. It's one of them kind of figure it out movies. I think that's on Netflix. Yes. Uh, then I also Tina and I watched all these, but I uh, watched uh, Relic from 2020. Um. And I've heard has, good uh, things. What do you think? Emily Mortimer. I guess what? I liked it. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. It was, it was just a kind of a weird ass movie for a while, but then the ending goes to like a fucked up place. That's weird. And just, and it holds on it for like the whole third act. And it's like, damn, this is weird. And a not too, um, unfamiliar way or very similar way to um god damn it the scarlett johansson movie with the black tardness with the score what's uh, that under under the skin under the skin under so the skin. It, yeah there's kind of a under the skin kind of thing into <laughs> it that's just you're just like what the f- what the f- what <laughs> um but it's pretty cool i totally recommend watching that 
Um, then we watched Palm Springs again. Great. It's amazing. Can't get enough yeah. Andy Samberg. It's just, it's amazing. Andy Samberg rules. Yep. And then we watched uh, Random Acts of Violence. Finally caught that. Jay Barfield's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess um, you liked it. I did. I did. It was great. I did. I really liked it. Um, surprise. I know. Um, and then uh, on HBO, um, this might be a shock, but I like sports and sports movies. But uh, there's this new um, Ben Affleck movie they put out called The Way Back. And it's pretty great. I know. Shocker. I know you're going to run out to see that. Um, but one thing, uh, I know, I guess you're most of your fans, but I know Mike's a big fan, but I watched, uh, I think it was on Prime, uh, this documentary called Magnum Dopus, The Making of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Mm. Oh, okay, cool. So, so yeah, there's a documentary they made where they followed him around and it's all about the reboot. And it's fucking awesome, Mike. You got to watch this. <laughs> I mean, sure. And like, I would probably like the doc probably better than the. And it will movie. help you like the movie too. It's a companion I, piece I, to the 12 it, part podcast he recorded that goes uh, along with it as well. That oh too. my. But Jeez. I'm just joking, but it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Gosh, you guys are mean. It, but, is uh, on, it is on Prime. I have their catalog memorized. So I bet you do. Um, <laughs> it's, it's wonderful, though. It's so great. And it, I mean, it's just all, I don't know. As he spends time with all, the, with all the gangs, you know, with all the guys from the gang that yeah. you love. And I'm spent. An hour and a half crying. It's just one of it's really good and touching. I mean, with him and then the heart attack and everything and getting to make a movie again and how great that was. And okay, I got one more, you punk asses. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, just because I'm his biggest fan of all time and I hadn't seen this one, also came across it on Prime. Uh, just another talkie movie of Henry Rollins called Keep Talking, Pal. Ooh, cool. So just another hour kind of him doing his talking show, which I've seen him live t- at least a couple times. And um, it's me too. I just I love Interesting that guy, a lot. Henry, man. Mm-hmm. He just. Uh, you put him he, and Kevin Smith in a room and you have a fucking 40 hour podcast. That's probably true. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I just connect with Henry all, uh, to the deepest. So. And it's great. I love them. And and just double checking. Yes, that's everything I watched. I, I have a very quick um, Henry Rollins story. One time I yeah. went with a friend and saw him live. And then we waited outside and, and you know talked to him for quite a while. And mm-hmm. I went up to him and I was like, you know, yeah, I saw your show in Chicago last year. It was really good. That's all I really said. And he went on this like long rant about how he traveled and he's telling me all about the places he ate and all the people he met and all this stuff and was like so nice and got my picture stuff. And then my friend Kenny went up to him right after and it was like, you know, I went to like, I grew up and went to like a Catholic school in a small town with like close minded people. And you really opened my mind and you changed my life and your, your music and your, your, um, you know, talking like everything, you know, you've just really, I'm a huge fan and you've changed my life for the better. And you've really opened my eyes and stuff. And Henry was like, cool man do you want a picture 
Oh no! <laughs> and oh, on the drive home, he was like, he was like so upset. He was like, "Dude, like you talked to him for a half hour. I spilled my guts." And he was like, "All right, dude, want a picture?" <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> I was Did like, guys- he was he was talking to all of us when he responded to my to my question. I felt like so. Um, yeah. But he he took it really hard. But to be fair, he slept through half the show. So um, oh fuck you. Oh well then yeah. Not not that he could see Henry could see it because we were like towards the back. But um, yeah. Anyways, um, did you guys ever see? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was wanted. Had you guys ever seen? He never died. So good. Love that movie. Oh yeah. It was it was uh, we we were able to see it at a uh, Daniel and I were able to see it at a film festival. It went yeah, its awesome. premiere. It was, it was it's I, I we really enjoyed it. So recommend that one too. Definitely. Yeah. Um. I guess I'll just jump over to you, Erica. What kind of fucked up shit have you seen lately? <laughs> <laughs> I, I made my list ahead of time, and I was like, all right, I'm not gonna recommend like. The rape revenge on the beach movie again. I'm gonna like keep it tame, but I do have a rape movie in my list, so just <laughs> putting it out there. Um, I watched uh, Body Double because it was just Brian De Palma's birthday, and I it's been on my shelf, and I'd never seen it before, and it was Sweet. it was great. Yeah, um, I watched uh, probably what will end up being one of the worst movies that I watched this year. Uh, and that was Robert reborn. And I did it to myself cause it's just this <laughs> dumb killer doll movie. And it, I, apparently there's five of them. And oh, I, I had watched a Luis Buñuel movie that was a massive, massive gut punch, uh, called the young and the damned. And I was like, I need a palate cleanser. I need something dumb to just whatever. And I put it on and it's not just dumb. It's like brain cell killing dumb. So I was, <laughs> that was bad. I don't recommend it. It's uh, on Tubi, I think. But I won't be telling people. Don't watch it. It's terrible. Um, but for the, but for the most part, I've um, been on a TV movie kick, and I've you know dragged John along with me for this. Um, Amanda Ray has put out this book um, a few years ago called "Are You Alone in the House?" It's a TV movie compendium, and then she also has an accompanying podcast now called "Made for TV Movie Mayhem," and. So there's all of these are on, on YouTube, um, like all of the seventies movies from, uh, seventies TV movies. So stuff like, um, isn't it shocking nightmare in Bottom County, a cry for help, the old man who cried wolf, the rape of Richard Beck. And they all have, um, you know, faces that you recognize like, um, like Alan, Alan Arkin is in one Edward G Robinson, like all these, like, really renowned actors and it's just neat to see them in these like TV movies that it's nice. Cause they're kind of like little horror movies with kids gloves on. So I've been having a lot of fun watching TV movies. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We did bad Ronald one time. I know that. Yeah. That's a good one. I actually, I've saw that at a terror Tuesday here at Alamo a couple years ago, I think. That'd be fun to watch with a crowd. Yeah. 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 So, did you watch anything else? I didn't want to uh, cut you off. Like um, five thousand other things. What's well, your I mean, I'm at to? like six seventy four oh for the year, God. so I'm gonna. Good God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into all of them. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that uh, le- leads us to the birthday boy himself, Mike. What have you watched? I actually have a list myself here. 
uh, I'll start off and get the um, non-horror stuff out of the way. Um, had a pretty sweet day, uh, Labor Day, spending it with Brandy and Simon. We watched a couple movies together. We watched Pixels because, again, um, you know, it's the fun. cat's out of the bag. I I like Happy Madison movies. Uh, but that one, that one in particular is, is fun. Although... <laughs> Although oh, I hate myself for, I feel like I ruined part of the magic for my 12 year old son by, um, by verbally nitpicking the plot holes of the movie. Cause they are giant. You can drive a truck through the plot holes of pixels. Um, so I feel bad about that, but, uh, it was all redeemed when we watched, and this is the second time I've watched it now. Bill and Ted's face the music. Yeah. So oh good. my god, I love it so much. I, I need to see it. I really need to see it. And it's the best out of the three for the simple fact that Weird Al shows up in the ending credits. So just throwing that out there. That's the reason it's good. That's the reason any movie's good. Oh. So then in horror, uh, I'll start with shows, uh, finally finished up stand against evil. Um, that was great. And it's one of those that like, you know, canceled before they finished everything, but they, uh, did finish the third season at where you could say it's an actual ending, but it's not an ending. I'm happy about, uh, I won't spoil. Um, and then we, uh, Brandy and I marathoned, uh, finally, so finally got to watch the creep show series on shutter. Nice. And that was a lot of fun. That's really good. I, you know, can't wait for another season of that. I like a lot of the homages style stylistically to the uh, original film, some of the cool lighting and all the pan- comic book panels and stuff like that. Although I was starting to notice um, like a lot, a lot of like little hidden gems uh, for horror fans throughout this series. And it got to the point where I think I actually may have started making some up. Um, in the episode with the girl that has the dollhouse, uh, in that dollhouse, uh, there's a rug a shag or a, a rug carpet underneath the dining room table that is the Overlook Hotel carpet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the crate uh, is from the first creep show is seen in the dollhouse as well. The coolest one is the is the one um, where uh, GJ, DJ Qualls finds the monster figure and then it grows in his freezer into a full monster again in the in the deep freeze and and uh, Brandy saw it first and we had to rewatch it three times before I could see it because um, it's frosted over but there is a stuff container in the deep freeze. And I'm like, that is an awesome deep cut right there. Cause again, I had to watch it three times before I could even see it. So then I think I was starting to, um, um, make stuff up in my head. It was like the, the episode where the, um, the businesswoman kills her assistant lady and then drags her into the elevator and she gets stuck in the elevator. Uh, in the opening of that, it shows, um, her diploma where she graduated from Carnegie Mellon which is also the college that George Mara went to. So I'm calling it a tribute to George. I guess we'll, I guess time will tell. Um, so that show was a lot of fun. Uh, I also finally, oh, and I also watched, oh, it was, I'm so happy you brought this one up last time, dad, because I rushed right out to see it based on the premise, but uncle Peckerhead. 
That was funny as hell. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, uh, so funny. Um, you know, the, the, the three band members are just hilarious. And the, the guy playing, um, Peckerhead is so, so charming and endearing as, you know, rednecky guy, but, uh, it was just great. The only thing I was kind of bummed about the ending because the ending ends on such a kind of a downer. Um, but, uh, but it's definitely, it was definitely worth a watch. You got to check it out. And I think Jason, you would appreciate it too, because I feel like I would like this movie. Yeah. For the simple fact of, I feel like they really get, they really got a good grasp on the indie rock touring scene. Mm. Yeah. I think you would really appreciate it for that. And I think would be a great time for you to watch it now since you haven't been able to tour i'll miss it yeah. more sad oh uh, probably you'll so relate to it though it's it's pretty funny yeah <clears throat> um and then i also watched becky uh Yay! that was awesome holy crap that was awesome paul blart um, nazi yeah <laughs> yeah paul blart nazi cop yeah uh, that was, su- that was such a great movie. Oh, that, that girl is amazing. She did an amazing mm-hmm. job and, oh, and it was just a thrill watching this, uh, revenge movie where it's a little girl getting revenge on these like grown up Nazi adults. So cool. Some cool gore in it. I really appreciated the gore. Um, uh, yeah, I would definitely highly recommend that one. And it was cool seeing Kevin James doing something really serious. Mm-hmm. So, um, I also watched this just came up on Netflix not too long ago. Uh, hashtag alive. It's a, a new Asian zombie movie about this like teenage boy who's trapped in his apartment while the, uh, zombie outbreak is taking over. Yeah. And, that's a really good one too. I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, and I just, I like that stuff where, you know, just people are trapped in a small single location with a minimal cast and everything. It really reminded me a lot of, um, life right now. Well, yeah, there's that. No, the movie from, what was it last year? Two years ago, uh, the night eats or wait, what is it? What is it called? The night eats the day eats the world. Something like that. Something yeah. like night that. Eats the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good which I love that movie too, you know, same thing. Um, th- but this one has more of the like, um, train to Busan type of zombies where they're, they're like super ravenous and they don't, they don't care if they're tripping over each other to get to you, uh, that kind of stuff. So, um, that was a really, really good flick, uh, that just came up on Netflix. Um, and then really the last thing I saw is we also recently rewatched land of the dead, which is the first time I've seen in years and I still love it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. So I guess that just leaves me. Somebody asked me what I've watched. Ted, what have you watched? Well, I will skip. Oh, I guess I'll just name some of the stuff that I watched um, that you either also watched or we watched together like April Fool's Day. I was fooled. I had not seen that before. That was a blast. Good one for a group watch. I rewatched Parasite so Nikki could see it and still just as good. Um, I watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Um, I have no idea what the fuck I watched. I <laughs> fo- followed that with like The Best Chaser, which was Pain and Gain, the uh, Michael Bay movie starring The Rock and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that yeah. That was like the perfect uh, palate cleanser because that movie requires no thought and I completely got it. Um, 
And then I followed that with a second viewing of Bill and Ted face the music. Fantastic. Again. Um, then I watched a movie for Erica's podcast and I have a hard time saying the title cause it has a K following a P. So I, I guess it's top copy. Is that correct? Erica? I think it's either top copy or top copy. I don't, I don't know. Top copy. Okay. <laughs> I, know I, I know I butchered it the one time I had to say it on your show. Um, <laughs> So I, I was like consciously trying to get around saying the title on your show. And I think I said it once and I like bumbled. I was like, yeah. And the, uh, the back of the back. Um, anyways, <laughs> and then I saw evil dead and evil dead two at the drive in on Saturday night. That was Yay. a blast. Um, cool. yeah, the great double feature, uh, sort of, I don't know. It's like, while I'm watching evil dead, I love it. I sort of was like, let's just get to evil dead too. Cause we're going to see all this stuff again, but right. shot better. Um, <laughs> And then probably the highlight of what I've watched is the new Netflix original sequel to The Babysitter, The Babysitter Killer Queen. Really, really good. Tons of fun. If you like the first one, you'll love this one. It's just the same, but more. And uh, they brought back, you know, everybody that they could. I won't spoil anything, but um, it basically picks up right a couple of years after the first. And no one believes the uh, kid that... uh, the event actually happened. So, you know, he's living with this weird, everybody thinks he's nuts because he's talking about all these, uh, demons that tried to kill him and no one believes him at all. So they all just think he's like, has a mental illness, but, um, that's all I'll say about it. And that's all I watch. All right. Thanks, Tad, for what we watched. Appreciate it. Um, I just got to say, folks, your vote does matter, at least here on Attack of the Killer podcast, because here's Jason with Pole Position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of Pole Position. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you. Mike, uh, we're going to do some pole position time. Um, I guess the question for today is what, what's our most anticipated DVD or Blu-ray release upcoming? I know, pretty exciting, right? So, since we're talking about unwrapping, we're going to talk about movies we're excited to unwrap in the future. (laughs) So, Mike, you're first. All right. Well, I'm going with probably the most obvious, uh, especially if you know me, the Friday 13th box set. I'm really stoked because it's in the hands of Scream Factory. So, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to have a ton of amazing stuff with it. And more importantly, I'm just kind of glad that it's out of the hands of Paramount as far as this release goes, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause how many times have Paramount has released these films and it's just, it's just not enough. You know, I feel like this is going to be what the, uh, what if fans are really, really want from this series. So that's, that's mine is the Friday 13th, uh, box set. All right, cool. I will go next. I'm pretty stoked for it's more Scream Factory, but there's this uh, new Motel Hell limited edition steel book. Um, you can also, it's got a new 4K transfer, some new audio, some new trailers and spots, and some really awesome artwork. Um, so I'm, I'm super stoked for that. Um, Tad, you're next. What's Which one are you looking forward to? 
Um, I'm looking forward to Friday the 13th as well, but uh, since Mike <laughs> said that one before me, and it's his birthday, so I'll let him, I uh, struggle to find something that I'm actually excited for. Uh, so I guess I'm going with Terror in the Isles just because I think that's such a unique release, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised they are doing a standalone. I'm really curious to see yeah. what the hell they do with special features for that one. Cause yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. That was a, I mean, I have it as a special feature on the uh, Universal Halloween 2 Blu-ray. So I really am curious to see how in the hell they pull off a collector's edition or special edition of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. I, I've, I saw that way back in the day when it would show like on Showtime or something. And uh, a lot of the, a lot of my introduction to the majority of the films in that um, uh, was through that through that film Terror in the Isles, and I even have it on a video disc. And Whoa. who doesn't love um, Donald Pleasant? So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And Nancy Nancy Allen and Donald. All Pleasant. right, Andy, what <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Um, well, guys, if you would have uh, asked me this a week ago, I definitely would have said uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Hands down, I think the only thing that could make that better was like probably some like Harry Manfredini vinyl or like a newly remastered 45 of The Man Behind the Mask by Alice Cooper. But um, I got to go with uh, it's another Shaw Factory release, though. I think it's coming in December. Uh, I've already pre ordered it because I'm a giant nerd. Um, <laughs> this is the, the 4K uh, release of uh, They Live with the uh new john carpenter uh bubblegum pink vinyl of the theme (laughs) and another another one another track that wasn't used within the film i think it's called walls or something i i I can't quite remember but it also comes with a keith david frank figure so yeah i might have to build a diorama of him and the not a figure of you know them beating the shit out of each other in an alley or something (laughs) but uh yeah totally stoked for that because the the frank figure really really sold it for me um yeah definitely they live 4k look forward to it super cool super cool so their their uh, first uh 4k disc uh, for screen screen factory oh wow i didn't know that and you'll be able to fit that in your vcr I'm really excited. He's the only yeah, one that yeah. has a. He's the only one on this in the uh, core group that's that so, has a 4K player. So fucked up. That's true. <laughs> He'd be the last guy. I probably lost money on that. Probably collects a lot of dust, but <laughs> I actually I use it use it uh, quite a bit, quite a bit. And uh, so, yeah. Um, since uh, Twitter only lets us use uh, four four spots for the poll, sadly we. That's why we can't include Erica, but it'd be fun to put her on the spot and make her maybe say what her oh. choice would be since she loves all the new movies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is there any release you're looking forward to coming out um, on physical format? Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of stuff. I've got a bunch of stuff pre-ordered right now. Um I guess the one I'm looking forward to most is the uh, second site 4K release of Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Beautiful purple and green box, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a glorious, glorious thing. Um, so yeah, I would say yeah, the Dawn of the awesome. Dead. Did I awesome. hear that got pushed back? 
Yeah, it got pushed uh, back, a, a, I think, at least a month. It was supposed to come out the end of October. I think it's slated for November now. So I still have time to sell off my Blu-ray. <laughs> I, it, yeah. <laughs> wasn't, um, part of my interruption, but wasn't a Event Horizons Scream Factory release pushed back a little bit, yep. too? Oh. I don't know. I'm not sure. I pre-ordered that, too, because they put, like, they found, like, all this, you know deleted footage that they were going to put back into the film. So, hmm. so yeah, with pole position, get your butts over to Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, it's yet you should be. Um, it's at a O T K P. Um, uh, as soon as this episode comes out the next day or even later that day, this poll will be up. So get over there and vote for who's who, who you agree with. What movie are you looking forward to the most coming out? That's pole position. And now, recorded live in front of a dead studio audience, it's Insane's Game's newest game, Nearly Dead Game! It's time for the Nearly Dead Game. So these are going to be questions I'm going to ask. Each of you can give your answer, and you will get a point for the right answer. <laughs> um, so hopefully I'll try to mix this up because I, I feel like it may be a little unfair to go last because you know maybe by then somebody would actually say the right answer, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that is it, and then you'll just agree with that. So here we go and oh and since this is the newly dead game all of these questions involve zombies that's right zombies so here we go first question what movie was a zombie brought to life using telekinesis andy uh i'm gonna have to say uh technically since he is dead and he is a zombie. I'm gonna have to say it's uh, uh, Jason Voorhees in the New Blood. Jason, that was my first thought too. Jason Voorhees, Dad, person. Yep, that's what I had in mind. Erica, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are correct. Friday Thirteenth Part oh, Seven: yeah. The New Blood. I win. Oh, there's more you're, than you're one. Kind of all one. Okay. Okay. Next, what movie was a zombie brought to life? Oh, no, I reread that one. <laughs> next, I know the answer. <laughs> what a trick question? Yes. What is the name of the chemical that brought the dead to life in Return of the Living Dead? Let's start with Tad. Trioxin. I need the full name, please. That's all I know. Okay. Jason. Yeah. See, I, I thought trioxin too, but I'm like, damn it. I think there's letters and numbers and shit that he's going to be all stickler about. So I sadly don't remember them either. All I had was trioxin. Andy. Two, four, five trioxin by the Unita medical company. Well, technically the army, but it's at the Unita medical company. (laughs) Okay. Erica. Uh, I I can only remember Trioxin Five. Okay, that sounds cool too. So the Andy was correct. It is two four five Trioxin. Good job, Andy. Next question: What movie slowly turns Samantha into a zombie through a sexually transmitted disease? 
Erica? Ooh. Um, uh, pass, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason? I got nothing. Fair enough. Andy? Well, the only thing that comes to mind is when that uh, pastor is humping that nurse in Dead Alive. So I'm going to say Dead Alive. (laughs) (laughs) And Tad. If Erica doesn't know STD zombies, I don't want to know either. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is contracted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've not even heard of this movie. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, me. I don't know what that is. Okay. There's, there's two of them for crying out loud. It's I'm not, not alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, this zombie outbreak started by drinking contaminated moonshine. Jason? Are you there? Yeah, he's here. His brain is not. So you're in the same room. I would hope you would know if he's there. <laughs> right. You were looking at me. Here, but he's, he's here, but he's I not meant, all there. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Gosh, dang it. Pass. All right. Andy. I'm going to say redneck zombies by trauma. Erica. Oh, I'm going to piggyback on that answer, even though I've never seen it. Yep. Me it too. sounds correct. Me too. <laughs> you're too late. Oh, Jason. I, but I wrote down redneck zombies. Uh-huh. And Tad. Jug face? The correct answer is, in fact, redneck zombies. Ah. Have you seen Jug oh. face, Tad? Yeah. Okay. I just don't remember if I, I did I, not I, like it at all. I had a hard time with that one. Oh. There's a movie Jason doesn't like. I know. That's why I thought I'd say it. Just in, <laughs> so you guys know that I do actually watch these movies and. Have other opinions. Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. No problem. Uh oh, it's speed round time. Oh crap. oh crap. Speed round time on the newly dead game. So for the speed round, you all have to go through just kind of like how we play um uh the game where you we we're have an actor there. and we just speed. go down the line, you have to name <laughs> and you have to name a movie that actor's in until you Run can't out. and then you're eliminated. Yep. Same thing, only you have to name Nazi zombie movies. Andy, you can go first. Uh, oh, the, each correct uh, answer is a point. Uh, oh, like Oasis of the Dead? Very good. Excellent. Jason? R- uh, Red versus Dead. Red. What the fuck is the name of that goddamn movie? Oh, it's right there. I love that movie. It's got what's his face in it? Jason Voorhees. Next. Oh, son of a dick. <laughs> I'm out already. You got the more difficult part of the movie title. I know correct. the sub. T- uh, what the? Tad, what's oh, what's he looking for? Uh, Dead Snow. Red Damn it, that's dead. it. Yeah. Son of a whore. I said the name ish. <laughs> I said trioxin didn't count, so no, you All don't right. get those points. Yeah. So move on. I'm J- out. Jason's out. Erica. Shockwaves. Oh, yeah. Shockwaves. The best one. Okay, back to Andy. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, those are like the only ones I know. Uh, um, 
Werewolf women of the SS. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> you went nuts. All right, yeah. Andy's out. Okay, Tad. Um, just dead snow. Damn you. Cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. Erica. Uh, Overlord. Oh, yes. oh shit. That shit. movie rules. I'm so disappointed uh, in the rest of y'all. You didn't I get hate that this one. game. It's stupid. <laughs> You're the one that wanted me to do Insane's games. I know. It's my idea, and I'm like the worst trivia guy ever. <laughs> So back to Tad. Shit, man. Um, I am. I th- I'm afraid. I am. Oh man, what? What we watched one on the podcast that had like it was like steampunk sort of found footage. Oh, it's Frankenstein's Army Count. Yep, that oh, totally counts. It. You got it. You're still in, Erica. I'm gonna get the title wrong. It's. Uh... <sighs> And thinking, I I didn't even hear Tad's answer because I was trying to think of it the whole time. He, he said Frankenstein's army. Okay. Uh, oh God, is it atomic brain or creature with the atomic brain? Um, I'm looking at my list. Adam, it's not Adam Age brain. Cre- uh, fuck. Adam brain talking. creature with Adam brain, something like that. You're correct. Oh. Creature with the Adam oh. brain. Oh. <laughs> nice. If I get, if I, if I've already think, thought of one, I, I think I remembered one, but I'm already out. Right. Yeah. You're out. Oh, save it. Save it for the end. Okay. Um, back to Ted. So, so what has been named so far? Ted, so you Can read you snow it? three. I'm, oh, I should have been making notes. I think both dead snows, um, creature with with the atomic brain, Frankenstein's army, uh, Oasis of the Zombies, Shockwaves, and I. There's th- that one I said. That oh was wait, that it. was none. I think that was it. Yeah. D- I think did somebody already say Overlord? Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I okay. missed Overlord. But that's yep, the one Overlord. I. That's the only one I. I could the other one that I was thinking of, and uh, I'm out. I don't know any beyond that. All right, Erica, you want to try to squeeze in one last point? If I make one up and it's right, does that count? Sure. It sounded like you did that with the last one. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, Nazi zombies of the SS. Oh, so close. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, that's it, man. That, and that's awesome. I, uh, since, what was your honorable was- mention there? Was Zombie Lake one of them? Zombie Lake would have been the last one I would have. Uh, shit. <laughs> I so, yeah. You put me on the spot. I can't. I was, yeah. Oh, well. But man, there was a lot more in this subgenre than I was aware of. So, okay. So that was fun. Um, so back to the regular questions, and we're just about done. So the next question What 70s black exploitation film? Brings zombies to life through voodoo to take down the mob boss Morgan. Uh, Erica, we'll start with you. Uh, is that Sugar Hill? Tad? I'm going to go with that. Jason? Thank God I didn't get picked first. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Sugar <laughs> Hill, guys. And Andy. That's my vote. Wow, uh, I really i'll I'll piggyback on that too. Uh, Sugar Hill, that is correct. The answer is Sugar Hill. Everybody yep, got points we all on that knew one. It. 
Yep. Oh, Thanks, Erica. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, let's see. Let's wrap this up. So one last question. Signing which one I want to do here. Um, we'll go something a little more modern. What 2016 movie do people turn into zombies by a parasitic fungus transmitted by bodily fluids? Jason. What all, what all words did you just say? Par- Parasitic fungus oh. transmitted by bodily fluids. And I'll just say bodily fluids is generally the, the most traditional way of transmitting the zombie virus. Just sure. so you're going to get your mind out of the gutter. Oh. Meaning like through bites and stuff. <clears throat> 2016. Uh, dead snow three. <laughs> three. Okay. Um, Andy. Oh, damn it. Um, I want to say like cabin fever two. I, I don't know. I don't know. Erica. The walking dead. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and Ted. I'm going to go with Train to Busan. The correct answer is The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, that's so good. Oh, uh, yeah. good yeah. movie. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost said collapse. <laughs> should have. Your own movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, oh, I should have put that on there. Right. Awesome. Hey, you dumbass. so tad loses a point for calling (laughs) (laughs) so the winner is erica with six points congratulations oh wow tad tad and andy tied for second with five and we won't get into thank you anyway moving on Okay, so let's get into the topic at hand. Uh, the movies that have been sitting on our shelves, still in its plastic, that we bought for whatever reason, and we haven't watched. And that's why I like this episode, these type of Forget episodes. You get to check them off the list. Finally, yeah. get to watch these movies. Um, really forces me to get down to it. <laughs> and so because of that, I'm going to go first. The first movie we're going to talk about tonight is from 1971. The house that dripped blood. This house is full of sounds. The loudest is your heart pounding in the night. The softest is the sound of terror. Isn't Oh, Charles. No, no, please, In this house, terror waits for you in every room. Search the house, but you must find that dog. <laughs> ah! 
Vixens and Victims. You'll find them all in the house that dripped blood. The House That Drip Blood is an anthology film from Amicus where Scotland Yard investigator looks into four mysterious cases involving an unoccupied house. So four different stories in this one uh, for an anthology and really like the unique um, wraparound with this one. Uh, Sometimes a a good anthology film can sell me alone if it has an interesting wraparound, Um, something kind of catching like like this where multiple mysteries and deaths have happened in this weird house and this cop is trying to find, figure it out. This movie, I... um, I'd never seen before. Uh, and it's interesting again, I don't know what is going on with this like weird, uh, seventies British film horror movie kick that I've been on <laughs> lately. We need to come up with a topic that can stray me away from it for a little while. Um, uh, but I do remember back in the day, just being drawn to the cover sitting on the shelf of the um, skeletal ghost lady or whatever uh, with the platter. And uh, was it Christopher Lee's head on the platter? Um, it just always caught my attention at the video store back in the day. But for some reason, just never, uh, just never, never uh, pulled the trigger for whatever reason. Um, but I'm finally glad I did get to watch it. Uh, I've got this one at a pawn shop, so I guess it really wasn't unwrapped, but I bought it and just stuck it on the shelf and never watched it. But apparently, um, Walmart had put this out at one point on their shelves because there was Hmm. some kind of like Walmart exclusive bonus something. So I think it was like a double package with something else, but it's just weird to think like, you know, that one time you could have bought house that drip blood at freaking Walmart weird um as far as the stories go uh the first one uh, is about this like uh novelist who writes these like crime thriller oh i said the th word damn it (laughs) these these, uh novels um like about a strangler um and, and like the strangler seems to come alive at some point he keeps seeing the strangler and hearing noises and stuff um and then it's like the, and then the story becomes like a bag of pretzels because it's twist after twist after twist after that. So um, the next one is about basically two guys, you know, horny over a, a wax figure in a wax museum. Um, <laughs> the third one's about this this little girl. Oh, she's also cute, and oh, her dad's a dick, and her dad's Christopher Lee, and blah 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 blah. But wait, witchcraft. And then the last one um, is about this like. Uh, last one may be my favorite because I really feel like this was a inside joke of the whole movie um, because it's about this like arrogant horror actor who's done like a hundred horror films and, and nothing is the, the set looks crappy and, and he's just, he's just so he's working on this new film and he's just so being a jerk to everybody and like his costume's not good enough. So he goes out and buys his own cape because he's playing a vampire. Uh, but you know, there's something about this cape, right? There's something about it. Um, why I like this one again, I feel like there's a lot of like little inside jokes here. Cause there's one line that I literally chuckled out loud at, uh, where he's talking about like, they just don't make them like the classic Frankenstein and Dracula, like the original Dracula. Not that, not that one, 
not that one uh, from the 60s with the British guy. And I'm like, oh, you are so <laughs> making fun of Christopher Lee in a movie that has Christopher Lee in it. That is awesome. So, uh, so I, for the most part, I enjoyed all of these. And like any anthology, you know, there's always some that stand out more than the others. You know, there's always kind of a weak one in the bunch. Probably the one for me was the one with the wax figure um, girl in it. Even because it just kind of seemed like a house of wax rehash kind of thing. But it did have Peter Cushing in it, so that was a plus. Um, but uh, but yeah, as far as, as anthologies go, especially these Amicus ones, this one this one's really good. Uh, what do you guys think? I'll be honest. I thought uh, what I liked about this movie, um, and it was my first time watching it, I think this might have one of the strongest wraparounds I've ever seen in an anthology. It's really cool, right? It's fucking great. Like It just goes right in, and it's like the it's really serious, and I've just it's a great premise to initiate the anthology and there's so much story going on in that wraparound right. that makes it and, and everything it's is so own. connected that it almost feels like not that you shouldn't be calling it an anthology film and they don't just come back to the same pl- device exactly to bring it into the next story it was my this my favorite part is just how strong that wraparound was i enjoyed it too um my i particularly liked the uh the bookends of the story i like the the first story and the last story probably you know the best um delholm elliott uh who played the uh the butler in trading places it was good to see him and you know something else and earlier in his career oh crap that was him awesome nice yeah um also, uh, I'm a big Ingrid Pitt fan anyway, between, you know, like the Wicker Man and Countess Dracula and, you know, the vampire lovers. And I, I always liked her. And, you know, she's, she's, you know, I don't care how old she is. Well, she's dead now, but I wouldn't care how old she is now. She was very easy, very easy on the eyes. And an interesting tidbit about her. She was actually in a concentration camp as a child. So if anybody knows anything, what a real fucking monster is, it's probably this lady. So, you know, God bless her for that, you know, and, and living, living through that. And, uh, yeah, I, I just dug it. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, the last, the last, um, uh, story is a little, you know, tongue in cheek. It gets a little cheesy towards the end, but I mean, if it's not taking itself, you know, seriously, that's not too big of a deal with me but and actually just i thought i thought the you know the way this uh film was shot i thought it was just pretty for its time you know with you know the bridges and you know the landscapes and the water and you know and just um yeah i i liked it i liked it i thought it was pretty good yeah i i enjoyed it um but i don't know if this would be one i would rewatch a lot i felt it dragged in some spots for me and maybe maybe i'm just alone but i felt uh I don't know. I had a hard time paying attention at times, but that's probably just because I'm an idiot. I do. <laughs> I do think it's very pretty and I, I love the performances and just movies that are from this era. There's just this little pocket of these types of movies that are, it's like charming horror, if that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it for that, but it's not, it's not, um, exactly my wheelhouse. I would say. This was a rewatch for me, but I haven't seen it in like 15 years, maybe. So, I mean, the way my brain works, it's kind (laughs) of, kind of brand new. Um, (laughs) 
And uh, I guess I'm a little bit different. I actually prefer the two middle segments um, as far as my favorite in the uh, anthology. And I, I kind of think that because the, the wraparound story is so strong that this might have been a little bit better with just three instead of four stories. But um, I could see that, yeah. But uh, actually, John made an, made me promise to point out that <laughs> John Pertwee, the third doctor, is in the fourth segment. Uh, of this. <laughs> so there. Um, I'm looking at the timestamp now so I can tell him when it is so he can check that I did it for his <laughs> reference for him. Um but no, I, 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 I like this a lot. I'm also, I, I agree that the Peter Cushing segment is very reminiscent of House of Wax, but I love that movie so much that I, I, oh, yeah. more of it. Yeah. I just yeah. love that setting. So you, if you throw yeah. wax figures in anything, I'm automatically in. Um, and then, I guess I, I do like the the Christopher Lee one a lot too, um, yeah. mm-hmm. because I was you know uh, you know rooting for the child to die, and of course I would be remiss <laughs> if I came on the show and did not talk about child murder in movies. So, <laughs> to stay on brand, <laughs> you got to stay on brand. <laughs> um, but I really I, I like this one a lot. It's not my favorite anthology uh, horror movie. I think that goes to uh, Asylum. And, uh, but I still, I still enjoy it a lot. I think we need to have you on the show if we ever do, um, who could kill a child. Yes. <laughs> my top four on letterbox is all child murder movies. And that's oh, one of them. You did change that. Oh man. <laughs> I know who could kill a child, Erica. Oh yeah, and uh, Andy, you had a really good point about the fourth one. I, I think it, I, I think it was probably tongue in cheek on purpose. I, I feel like yeah. this was the Jordy Verrill uh, part of the movie, <laughs> where it's definitely I feel like it's supposed to be played more for comedy, but it's still it's still British, so that the comedy's kind of dry, and you can maybe uh, interpret it wrong. But yeah, uh, that, uh, but that's kind of the what I liked about the fourth one. So. Cool. How's the dream? Yeah, damn you, Mike, for continuing to get me to enjoy these 70s fucking British I know. things. <laughs> I know. I just, I don't know what, what's going on. I, mean, I seriously don't know what's going on. It's, I'm not really complaining. I'm not, I'm not freaking out because like, oh, I can't believe I'm watching these. It's more of like, it's so coincidental that I've been just watching these one after it's a another. It's not intentional. Yeah, yeah. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah, oh, there, so much. There's something about just being shot on film in the 70s that just oh, makes just things 70, pretty. Like, I can watch films it. in general. The aesthetic. Kind of very yeah. soothing, and mm-hmm. it's pretty. Oh, yeah. I'll take that I'm over. not complaining. Yeah. I'll take that over anything today, <laughs> any day. But, oh, uh, now. Well, based on what you're saying. Yes, it's it feels good to watch. Yeah. Uh, so, Jason, what's the next film we're going to talk about, huh? Oh my gosh, the next movie is going to be, it's one of the newer ones, um, somewhat modern. It's uh, from 2009. It's called Grace. I'm going to see a midwife. 
There's a reason people have babies in hospitals. We're just checking it out. Anybody breaks out of power, Crystal, we're leaving. <laughs> TM. Keep the focus on you and your baby. It's beautiful. The less this place looks like a hospital, the better. Maybe you should just pull over. Please. She isn't moving. Baby's descended. You're a great man. After the accident, she told us the baby was dead. Stay. Madeline, you can't will a baby back to life. It's Grace. Her name is Grace. The stars in heaven tucked in the sun, and each little flower knows this day is done. Madeline, I know that you do not want to take her to the hospital, but there are some tests that can help us understand. We're not a case study. That baby is sick. You don't understand. She's special. She needs special food. Maybe it. God, Madeline, you look terrible. In the wake of a horrific car accident that kills her husband, Michael, played by Stephen Park, and expectant mother Madeline Matheson, played by Jordan Ladd, discovers that her daughter, Grace, has died in the womb. Ignoring her doctor's warning that the fetus must be removed from her body, a grief-stricken Matheson demands to carry the child to term, even if it endangers her own life to do so. Curiously, little Grace emerges undead alive and and with the craving for human blood so i've uh yeah this one's been sitting on my shelf for a long time i definitely am a big um adam green fan and his uh production company uh everything he does i've just been a fan mike mentioned it uh earlier about shutter but uh, Holliston is freaking amazing. It's basically what it's like to live here. It seems like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is, is what it's like to be those two guys. But, uh, and this movie is directed by Paul Solet Soleil. And he's a, he's, he's, you know, just a friend of Adams. He's in some Adams videos too. Um, Jack chop guy. I don't know if you've seen that video, but that's him. Oh yeah. The super Boston guy. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, Oh man, I why well, assume Erica likes this movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, She's really split. It's new, but it also has dead children. So where does she fall on this? I know. I'm, I'm interested really, to hear. I agree. I am too. But it didn't stay dead, so that's the problem. Well, yeah, it's undead. Maybe. <laughs> she, yeah. So 
it's a tough i mean i liked uh, surprise newsflash i liked this movie a lot but it's i don't know it's tough it's heavy it's, it's uh, heavy. uncomfortable i watched this with um tina and oh uh, man really so it was yeah and yeah there were the just the subject matter is tough mm-hmm. um so i definitely not i suppose you'd put a trigger warning out for that just because it's tough but uh, I really liked that. I, th- I was happy to see, I thought Jordan Ladd did a great job. I like forgot all about her, you know, I yeah. mean, Kevin Fever is great and club dread and death proof. Wasn't she in that too? But yeah. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't really, I don't, but I don't remember her. I just only think of her about Kevin Fever. So I was like, cool to see her doing a role later. Um, and she, I thought she did a good job and mm-hmm. I liked it. I don't know. It's good. Um, I liked it. What'd you guys think? I like it. Now I have seen this before, but it's been a while, probably back around maybe when it came out, uh, or maybe a year or two after, uh, what kind of struck me this time watching it is that, um, there, there's definitely some moments that, uh, production wise doesn't hold up, you know, cause obviously this is a lower budget film and, you know, but I, I think to me, there's just moments I feel like the the budget kind of shows. Oh yeah. Like there's some really bad ADR right at the beginning of the movie for some reason that just kind of stood out to me like a sore thumb. And of course, you know, you have a movie that doesn't have a crap ton of locations. So you're obviously saving money that way. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I I think like for the most part, when it was a fake baby, it was, um, it wasn't too bad, you know, uh, when it's obviously an effect and not a real baby, but I don't know. And then the, the mother-in-law, oh my God, she was a, she was yeah. a piece of work. Not uh, a fan of that lady. No, no. I would have uh, a hard time saying I uh, liked the movie, uh, just right. cause it is such a downer not a fun. and it puts you in a mind space, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm no fan of children at all, so that doesn't necessarily bother me, but I know, <laughs> that it's a heavy topic for people, you know, who have gone through this kind of stuff and obviously not having a zombie baby, but um, I don't know, man, like when the, all the flies, that sort of was really gross and disturbing. And just the the whole color, color palette of the movie is just dreary. There's never like a bright, there's never a bright spot in this movie. There's just no, never I don't know. I, I just need a, yeah, a even point. if it's dark humor, a little, a little laugh here and there, man. Like there's just no hope in this. It's sad the whole time. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And, I, and I've really grown to, to, uh, I don't want to say dislike, but that, that flat pale, uh, color palette is, I, I'm kind of done with, I guess I'll put it that way. Maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, well, I mean, if you know me, I just like a lot of bright colors. So, but it fits. Oh yeah, it fits. It doesn't. It doesn't fit. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely, it does fit. I think uh, between this movie and Teeth, they should show these both these movies on a fucking loop to promote abstinence for you know in like high schools and shit. Uh, <laughs> like I would be wow. Uh, yeah, very 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 different movie. I mean, I I finally I I caught myself. I'm like 
thinking like who's more sick is it jordan ladd's character or is it the um uh postpartum by proxy judge judy mother-in-law uh she was uh, they're both like really really sick in the head to me it's um yeah it um yeah like it's it's a it's a it's a nasty fucking movie dude it's like i'm i'm with tad on this one it's it's like it's such a it's such a uh a downer um yeah totally totally not 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 worth it um like <laughs> i nah, expect yeah. that eric could be like this comedy no, is great no no <laughs> no well i mean i'm just oh. like yeah it, it it's you know as if like the nail in the coffin for like me having kids wasn't already there you just pretty mm-hmm. much you know tied a chain around it and then dropped it into the fucking ocean so yeah <laughs> Erica. I yeah. I don't hate the movie. I'm just not the audience for it. And, oh, and uh. well, it, because it's interesting though, because uh, the essentially what they're doing with, uh, I don't remember her name, Jordan Ladd's character and the mother-in-law is showing two extremes of postpartum depression. You know, the, the mm. mother-in-law is, fixated on still being able to breastfeed at like 60 years old and yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) and Jordan Ladd's character is, you know, uh, unwilling to get like to give birth, like to have her baby removed or she wants to bring it to term or whatever. So uh, I, I give it points for at least being something original, but my problem with it is, is that like, I like the idea of pregnancy and having children and all of that just doesn't appeal to me. So I don't sympathize with either of them. I just think that they're like, I think the women in this are, I I just, I can't relate. And so (laughs) that's why it's not for me. But I can, I read some reviews on letterboxd and I'm, you know, basing it based on like usernames and profile pictures and stuff like that. But a lot of like the women reviews that I read of this, we're like, oh my god, this hits so hard, and blah blah blah. Oh, and, sure. like, and I get that. For sure. me, Many I'm not the audience. This. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. yeah, it's. I also like my. I mean, my issue outside of it's not for me is that it was really repetitive. Because when you have a limited budget, when you're limited in your locations and where you're shooting, if you're gonna do the woman trapped by herself going crazy movie. Um, and slowly deteriorating, you know, you need to do that well. And a lot of it felt really repetitive and predictable to me. I I wonder if part of the problem is this was originally, uh, the director made this as a short film first. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like maybe um, this this story was better in short form and was probably never meant to be stretched out to a feature. Uh, which at the end of the day, it's still only an hour and 24 minutes. Um, yeah. but I feel like, cause you get that final money shot at the very end. And I feel like, I kind of feel like I want, I wonder if that money shot is also in the short. Cause, um, it almost feels like the whole movie structured around getting to that moment. Yeah. I mean, at least for, for 
you know, sick in the head horror fans like myself that well, yeah, no, it, love good gore just, just cause I, I think it's predictable. It's like, you know, exactly where it's going. Like it's, well, I mean, at least as a woman, you're like, Oh, I know where this is going. Like once the baby starts teething, then it's going to be a problem. You know, like <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that makes sense though. Like I can see this like as a short film versus yeah, this a and like being heck of a concept, out, heck of a concept. Oh Yeah. Yeah, definitely something you don't see every day. No. Um, zombie babies in general. Uh, yeah, maybe that should have been one of my questions on. Uh, <laughs> right on the trivia. Uh, the Dead two thousand four. Was that Zombie Baby? Dawn of the Dead two thousand four. Yep, you got Dawn of the Dead. Uh, you got my favorite from Dead Alive, a little garbage pail kid <laughs> baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then this. That's the only three I can think of off the top of my head. I have a quick question, Erica. You're mm-hmm. talking about like some of the letterbox reviews. Mm-hmm. Who is the audience for this? <laughs> right. It's tough, right? Because I mean, even if you've been through some of this st- trauma and you're watching this, I would mm-hmm. think it would be even You'd worse. Be like, yeah, yeah, harder yeah. and yeah. and uh, you know more triggering. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. Like, I don't know who the audience is because if, you know, if you are a woman who has experienced postpartum depression or you have children and you at least haven't gone through that but understand what that could be like, this could be really upsetting and triggering for you. But yeah. if not, then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know who the audience is. I know it's not me, but outside of that i just i can't pinpoint who would i am not saying that like there's no place for movies that um sure. make you uncomfortable because like i generally <laughs> love movies like that i uh-huh. certainly do not want to see a, a birthing tub with like fucking blood coming out and breastfeeding like to the extreme where your nipples are bleeding like i i just don't want to i don't want to see that like that's like that's like torture porn to me. Like, I don't want to watch it. You know, it's like, that's worse than me watching the human centipede. I don't, I don't want to see that. (laughs) Wow. So (laughs) that's how much I just don't like, that's how much I despise the idea of child rearing in any form for myself. But yeah, I I think that's a great question. I have no idea who the audience is for this. Like who, who would pop this back in and be like, I mean, what kind of mood do you have to be to be like, let's watch grace. I mean, yeah, it's just to me, it's I saw it once and that was enough for me. I'm good. I'm not saying it's a bad. It's, it's a yeah. Would you recommend uh, it? No. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's fine. Like it's yeah. it's well made and, you know, performances are fine. But who do I recommend this to? Who who do I because I recommend movies to people that I think they would enjoy. And I don't know anyone that yeah. would necessarily enjoy this. Yeah. Um, by the way, congratulations, Jason. You just creeped Erica out. You 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 actually <laughs> disturbed her. <laughs> yeah, I guess for those for you for the horror fans that just gotta go to all the corners, you know, that all the dark corners that gotta try everything, you know, for the Well I don't know. I don't know. I I agree with it. What everybody's saying. Yes, this isn't definitely a movie. Um, this is, yeah, get you in the feels or, you know, in the feel good mood or anything like that. But, but like, 
I guess it depends on the type of horror fan that you are, I think is what it boils down to. If you, if you're a horror fan like me that, uh, you know, likes, likes, you know, bright lights and flashy things and, and fun gore and, you know, and some humor, then, you know, that's, that's the type of horror that, that I'm into. But if you are the, I, I'm going to equate this to comedy, like nothing drives me crazier then when I hear like a critic criticize and talk down about a comedy where they actually said that they laughed at and thought was funny, but it was still a bad movie, but it was funny, but it, it just was a terrible movie. And no, it wasn't a terrible movie. Cause guess what? The movie did its fucking job, right? It's Amen. a comedy. It's supposed to make you laugh. How is it a dumb movie then? How is it? Ba- how is it a bad movie when, when, um, when it did its job and maybe we can equate that in horror, depending on the type of horror fan that you are. If you're a horror fan that, that wants that other type of emotion, say being disturbed, creeped out, terrified or whatever, then, then, then maybe that's where grace lands, lands in for you. Um, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about on the bonus episode. Jason has still never seen martyrs. Um, and, it's kind of the same thing. It's a movie that I thought was awesome, but it deeply disturbed me. And it's one that um, I think since then I've only ever watched it one other time. And that was just to show it off to somebody else. And even that second time, I'm like, I don't want to watch this again. <laughs> I, um, but I can sit there and still say it was a, it, it was a, a good movie because it did its fucking job. It got under my skin, which I'm pretty sure was the intent. You know, and, and so I think, I think maybe that's kind of maybe where it has its place. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think no. everybody has like a certain threshold for certain subject matter. I mean, I, I could tolerate this one, this one. I mean, it disappointed me, but it didn't really disturb me in a sense. I feel like films like maybe like martyrs or, yeah, uh, you know, irreversible would probably really get underneath my skin. and be like, man, I, I don't, I, I get squeamish around, you know, that kind of subject matter. And I just, I just really don't like it. It's not, it's not entertaining to me. Of course this, mm-hmm. I mean, this had entertainment to it, but, uh, I guess, you know, and I guess that's always, you know, entertainment is subjective and, you know, thresholds yeah, yeah. are, are different in, in each way. But I mean, it's, it's a horror movie. It's not supposed to be sunshine and lollipops, you know, it's, Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, everybody. Yeah. I'm interested to see how people react to watching it. You know <laughs> what they. Yeah. It would be nice to know. Hit us up on Facebook. If you end up watching this movie based on this discussion and hit up Jason on Facebook <laughs> and it's his, yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> so then I'm assuming Jason, this is going back into the, uh, case and going back on the shelf for another 11 years. Yeah, probably. (laughs) All right. So Tad, what's our next movie? Our next movie movie is the 1963 um, horror movie, black Sabbath. Do you believe in ghosts? This is the night when fear and horror walk hand in hand. This is Black Sabbath. Starring 
the incomparable Boris Karloff, the personable Mark Damon, and lush and lovely women, even though one is from the netherworld, a vampire, a Vordalac. Black Sabbath, as ancient a superstition, as modern as the telephone. How nice you look with that towel around you. You always did have a beautiful body. Beautiful. A body to drive someone crazy. Who are you? Who? Black Sabbath. The bare truth about the unbelievable, such as the brilliant beauty of a priceless jewel that holds within the body of a buzzing fly a vengeful woman's murderous spirit. <coughs> Only on the seventh night of the seventh full moon can the living see the lifeless undead. I am hungry. Is he man? Or vampire? An adventure into black magic that goes beyond the boundaries of the supernatural. And a man's devoted love is welcomed by a woman's deadly lust for his blood. Okay, thanks for the trailer that was longer than the movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> 1963's Black Sabbath, directed by Mario Bava. It's an anthology movie with uh, Boris Karloff, who's hosting a trio of horror stories concerning a stalked call girl, a vampire-like monster who preys on his family, and a nurse who is haunted by her ring's rightful owner. Um, no, this has nothing to do with Ozzy, but I imagine at some point Andy will do an Ozzy voice um, <laughs> when discussing this one. Uh, I I sort of cheated on this one because it was on my what we watched a couple of episodes ago. I've been uh, making my way through a Mario Bava box set I bought a long time ago and had never even seen a Mario Bava movie, so it's been a real treat, and um, I wanted... If, uh, if I know Mike has seen this, I don't think Jason had seen this, and I, I'm I guarantee Eric has seen it twelve times. Um, <laughs> and I don't know about Andy, but I, I thought if this gets Jason to see this, this is really fun. I really enjoyed it, so I wanted to make sure everyone got to see it, and I hope our listeners check it out because uh, I I think this one's a blast. Is this where I'm supposed to come in and start talking about the movie? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I I really like this one um, because I I love it has the feel of like the AIP early '60s movies. Um, lots of you know uh, this the aesthetic of you know the, the those colored gels that you see you see lots of purples and pinks and just you know different blends of, you know of of color and I I really I really dig that that style. Um, have you seen this before? I have I had not I had not. Excellent, um, good, oh, good. Wow. Cool. 
Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I liked all three of the stories. I'm a sucker for, you know, Karloff and, um, I like the, the, you know, with the the ring lady with, you know, the, the meth head in the bed. That was, that was really creepy. Um, yes, (laughs) she, she, I mean, uh, I'm just like, wow, they had amphetamines back then. How about that? Um, face only nobody can love yeah oh man that was like that was so creepy like uh that was like annabelle before annabelle um the the one thing that i thought was really cool uh if you what uh now mark damon uh the guy in the uh the boris karloff story the uh the traveling stranger who found the knife and and whatnot uh interesting thing about him but nobody knows much you know you know in in terms of you know the horror actor in in the 60s not not a lot of people know much about him but i think it's it's cool to point out between the years 1960 and 1963 he was in the house of usher the fall of the house of usher with vincent price and then like two years later he's working with boris karloff two horror legends within a span of a couple years and being directed by roger corman and mario bava i think that's pretty fucking cool um uh let's see what was what was i the first story because I know the the waterlock was like it was about the uh, prostitute getting the phone calls from oh, old okay. pimp. Yes, yes. Um, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Williamson has seen this movie. When I that's what I, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Do you when, like scary movies? Exactly, exactly. Um, really, I really like that one. Uh, yeah. There's there's not much that I could say that I didn't really dislike. I mean, I think that. I would say the first two stories are the strongest, but the real strength in the, in the last story, I think is the, well, the dead lady wanting to get her, uh, her ring back. But yeah, this was, I, I mean, this is the first time I've watched this, but I really, really liked it. Uh, third one sort of makes me think of like creep show. Like, uh, I don't know if maybe it's the, uh, father's day one, but makes me think of that. (laughs) Mm. so oh go Go ahead ahead. go ahead well um i i love this movie i'm a huge mario bava fan i'm a huge italian uh horror director fan and i think uh um mario bava is definitely the well a lot of people have always compared him to hitchcock but so uh i guess i will too but he is one he is the master of italian horror and this movie's great. And Tad jokingly uh, was talking about the band, but uh, there is actually a connection. Um, Black Sabbath uh, at the time in 1968, they were a band called earth and they were playing in a, in a small club uh, in England. um, That was across the street from the movie theater that was playing the movie Black Sabbath. And the band noticed that there was more people going to see the movie than there was people to see their show. So they realized that, you know, horror sells. And so they decided to change the name to the, of the band to black Sabbath. So there you go. There's your history lesson. Now um, I watched my own copy of it. I know everyone else kind of watched the same version, but there are different versions of this movie out there. I have the, um, the uh, image release on DVD. That is the, 
original director's Italian version, um, which was a little difficult watching while doing the dishes because it's in a original Italian English with um, American subtitles. Um, uh, but interesting enough that uh, it was this was kind of a joint effort between the Italians and um, AIP Pictures here in the states. And when they released it in the states, uh, AIP changed stuff around. They moved the segments around. Um, they, uh, you know, cut, you know, cut some stuff out. I think they even cut out uh, Boris Karloff's introduction in the beginning of the film. Um, and uh, I don't know if your version, your, the ones you guys watched, um, was Boris Karloff's voice, but it's just interesting that it totally was not Boris Karloff's voice in the Italian version. Um, which just goes to show like the Italians did not record, um, most of the time did not record natural sound, natural uh, dialogue for the film, uh, at the time they did all that stuff in post. So, uh, but yeah, love this movie and it was cool that we watched this, uh, at the same time of watching house that drip blood, two different anthology films, from you know, from sort of, you know, they're not too far apart in, in age, um, like about what, 10 years, something like that. Um, and just the, uh, the, the England aesthetic and the Italian aesthetic and how to me, you know, they're very contrasty because especially with Bava, cause it's like, uh, Andrew said, just all the all the cool gels and colors, but it's it's more than that. The guy really, I think, I've always felt like really d- paints his frame. Um, well, a lot know, of he, his work was in black and white, you know, his early stuff, and yeah, he still has my, that still has a visual style that's really cool. As a matter of fact, uh, the telephone was one of the very very first like horror movie things that was ever filmed in color in Italy. So, you know, and. And the stuff he Mario had worked on before was all in black and white. So, so now you're talking to even a bigger challenge there of working in in a, in a medium that he's never dealt with before and dealing with color. And I think he did a beautiful job painting, you know, painting the frame with color. But not just that, but like the sceneries are all are all cool and everything is so um, so meticulous. And uh, he's got he does a he's always done a really cool job. Um, especially in this time period of the sixties and the seventies of, of really creating a great depth of field in his frame. There's just a lot of cool stuff in the foreground and the background and blah, blah, blah. Um, I will say, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll move, I'll let somebody else take over. But, uh, um, my favorite is the third segment. Um, I think it's, it's a, it's, it's the scariest and creepiest of all of them. Cause yeah, meth head lady, uh, is <laughs> utterly terrifying, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, you're convinced at the beginning, like this is a dead body. And then when it's like moving on its own, it's freaking terrifying and scary. And another, uh, just uh, to me, that segment is like a, a perfect, um, representation of Bava's work because he does amazing things with both visual and sound in that movie. He will make you terrified of a leaky faucet <laughs> because of that scene. And I'm not even kidding. I mean, there have been times mm. where you can, I've heard a leaky faucet and it's kind of creepy and it flashes me back to that freaking lady in the bed. So, um, yeah. So 
love, love, love this movie. Um, not my favorite Bava. I, I still might be Black Sunday. I'll have to. Uh, Me too. Yeah. And I'll have Me to assess three. that. But so far, but I haven't made my yeah. way through. You know the whole set yet. So yeah, that's that's tough. It is. It is tough because I I feel like I jump back and forth sometimes on that. But but as of right now, I'm saying Black Sunday is my favorite. But Jason, what about you? I just echo everything you said. I I I like it. Um, it's okay. Um, it's pretty good. I, my favorite segment was definitely the crackhead in the bed that scared the holy bejesus out of me. Um, I mean, yeah, that first time the head's not where it was. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Scary. And I didn't realize that uh, Boris Karloff had a lisp. I guess I didn't I really notice that. But, like, that's all I could hear when he was talking. <laughs> no? Anybody? But um, yeah. I guess it depends good. on which version you watched. Oh, I guess yeah. so. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. Fine. What'd you think, Erica? Oh, I love this movie. Um, it's it's not my favorite Bava that goes to Black Sunday, but um, I, and so I'm with Mike. Like the third segment is my favorite. I think it absolutely represents Bava's. Uh, talent and aesthetic and um, and actually I watched the I watched the Euro version um, for this um, for this rewatch and yeah they the difference in the the beginning with Karloff is the AIP or American version is like a just a floating head of Karloff with a black background but in the Euro wow. version it's like a blue background, but you see his full body and then it zooms up close to him and it's got like some purple light on his face. Um, so the one I watched. Okay. So yeah, that's the, the Euro version has that opening and then, yeah, the order is, is different as well. Um, what's interesting to me is like, um, you know, until I watched the Euro version, I, I didn't realize how different the telephone segment was between the two versions because the Americans completely cut out the whole lesbian subtext and oh, or wow. uh, plot line uh, out of that. They basically made it seem like, oh, it's just her friend coming over. Um, they cut out quite quite a bit of that. Where And so when you watch the European version, you're like, oh, this makes way more sense now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and it's, I know it's off brand for me. Like I should like, you know, the word look one the most because, you know, child murder, but, um, and I do love that segment as well. Um, You know, there's a lot of literary uh, references or or sources for that. Like um, Bram Stoker's Dracula is definitely one in there. Um, Guy de Maupassant, um, there's one other French writer. I can't think of his name, but all these different elements. Um, the Maupassant story has, you know, a, a traveler finding a cabin in the woods and this family has to deal with like a dead body kind of situation. There's another, uh, movie called night of the devils by Giorgio Ferroni. That's kind of the similar premise. So if you like that middle segment and you want a full length movie about that night of the devils is good. That's on Amazon. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of, you can see so many, like when the more you watch more Baba films, the more you start to see a lot of things carrying over from movie to movie, like, like the phone in, in this movie, the, the red phone with the black receiver, it's the same as the phone in blood and black lace at the end. And even you've got two oh. dead bodies on the floor and the phone off the hook, just the exact same way in the movie. Um, the headboard in the telephone segment as well. Like that was used uh, in a couple different movies. I think um, I can't think of them offhand. I know I've seen them. I've seen that like headboard and, and something else, but uh, I'm, I could just gush on and on. I gotta, I'm, I'm going to have to, sh- I'm going to have to cut myself off cause I won't shut up about this movie. So <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Anybody else have anything else they want to, well, oddly enough, I was just thinking like Mark Damon almost had like the same role in uh, this this segment as he did in the House of Usher. He just he's coming into a house and he falls in love with the daughter of a very fucked up family and then mm-hmm. just and shit just goes awry. And I was thinking, wow, that's there's a lot of similarities in both of these characters that he played within the, a span of maybe about a year and a half. Yeah, you know what's sad is that. Um, Karloff, like he was, he was like severely arthritic at this point in his life. And he just wasn't, he wasn't feeling really well, um, in general, he actually caught pneumonia. Um, so the versions that, that you guys watched at the very end, it like the camera pulls away and it shows Karloff on a fake horse and like the set. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, well, with like the, the right, the guy's like, you know, making that mechanical horse go and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it act- the camera actually like pulls away to show like, oh, this whole thing was just an illusion. Like I'm not actually riding a horse through the forest. And yeah. Um, yep. Got a bunch so of that- pans with twigs running around the camera. That's yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Exactly. So any, the, that whole scene, um, those scenes of him riding on that horse with the, the wind blowing in his face, he actually caught pneumonia. Um, and got really ill after this. And he, I'm not saying like this movie killed him, but. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I laughing? (laughs) But yeah, that was sad. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on to our last movie. Andy, you want to tell us what we watched? Our last movie that we watched is from 1978 and it is called the toolbox murders. This man is about to commit the most atrocious crimes in American history. Linda Githens, age 22. Valerie Hoffman, age 24. Mary Ann Stevens, age 21. These women have one thing in common. They are all victims of the toolbox murders. What the hell are you doing? Toolbox Murders. On July 23rd, 1977, a hooded killer terrorized a small suburb of Los Angeles, California. His identity was unknown, but he committed a series of crimes so fiendish that it shocked the entire country. 
He struck with no warning. He preyed on innocent young women. In his hands, simple tools became the instruments of death. screaming, but for the one still alive, the worst was yet to come. The Toolbox Murders, a true story. When you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. Okay, I mean, I don't think I really need to do a description here, uh, because it was already said for me, but... uh, Basically, we have a ski mask killer uh, that's going through an apartment complex and just uh, killing people. But there is a very lengthy um, uh, credit sequence where he's driving along and then there's a pause. And, th- and that will be uh, that it's actually part of the twist that that comes later. Um, this this the killing starts off like really you know, good coming out of the gate. I mean, it's actually, it's to me, it's like, it's oddly disturbing when like really mellow music is playing when all this mayhem is going on. Uh, the, the woman that gets killed, this old drunk lady named Mrs. Uh, Andrews uh, really drops a hint, like right in the beginning when she says, I called you on, I called you on Monday and you show up uh, showed up Tuesday and some of the, some of the uh the kills are just really really brutal and raw at least I thought they were I mean between the you know the drill in the arm and you know just drilling that woman up and whatnot uh but the one that I really really liked uh well you know thought thought was pretty gruesome was the uh the 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 claw part of the hammer to the back of this girl's head that oh, yeah. that I really really thought was gnarly. I mean she I mean the the character of Deborah she you know she comes home and she takes off her punky Brewster jacket because that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> and you know and of course she goes you know she goes into the shower and we had a great you know gag where you know she left something hanging in the shower and you automatically think he's in there and it's not um and he kills her with, you know, the the claw hammer at the foot of the stairs. I don't know why he drug her out there and then drug her back in, which is, I don't right. know, beyond me. I thought that I thought that was a little weird. Um, but uh, her her roommate comes in, and then you know, at least she puts up the fight. Uh, but here's where I think it is. It gets really, really interesting where uh, art imitates life because. When the detectives come to uh, investigate the scene where these two girls are dead on the first night, there's a bunch of uh, pornography on the table and it's got blood on it, right? And well, and since I watch a lot of true crime and I know boobies when I see them, um, there was a uh, Playboy February. Now, now, hear me out, dude. Just, 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 just take the trip with me here. <laughs> 
There's a Playboy magazine from 1977 on there, and the playmate is Star Stowe. And here's where it gets weird. That playmate was actually murdered. Oh. Right? Now, now hear me out. She was uh, a Playboy playmate. (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) Playboy Playboy playmate, uh, February 1977. And you know what? And she was there and, you know, everything was going well. And she started dating members of the band named Kit. Everybody knows Kiss. But here's the thing. Uh, She started dating every member of the band Kiss. You know, and on my research, you know, uh, Hef had Playboy Records, right? And it was starting to, you know, dip, you know, in sales, you know, because in distributing rights and, and signings, and he needed to get rid of it. So he's calling up Casablanca Records and Neil Bogart, you know, he he owns, you know, uh, Casablanca Records, and he's working with Kiss, and he says... He tells he tells Hef that uh, this star Stowe is causing dissension in the group Kiss, and they were on the verge of breaking up. And the band is not listening to Neil saying, "Look, you need to kick this girl to the curb, right?" You you know, but none of them want to back down. Big egos and such. So, in order for Neil Bogart to take over the signing and distribution rights to Playboy Records, so he could you know uh, get rid of his you know, his record company and sell it to, uh, Neil. He, Neil said, you have to get this girl away from my biggest breadwinners. Right. So Hugh had, Hugh had, uh, to take star star out of the situation. So he had stars stuff taken out of her playboy funded apartment, her company car taken away and all her credit cards canceled, canceled. He basically abandoned her. So he could get rid of his record company and get him away from Kiss. So eventually, she, no, having nowhere else to turn, she turned to porn, prostitution, stripping, drugs, and alcoholism. And she also, but here's the kicker, she also had a diary of all the lurid stuff that happened at the mansion. In you know, and this is just a rumor. Uh, Belu- supposedly, John Belushi uh, coked up and having sex with a transvestite. Just saying. Um, so she calls. And ask Hef for help in the publishing of the book. One week later, she strangled to death behind a grocery store somewhere in Arkansas. I think it's Arkansas. And turns out her murderer and her diary have never been found. Dead from strangulation three days after turning 41 and a week after calling Hugh Hefner. Now, I'm not making accusations, but when there's smoke, there's fire. Just kind of funny. I mean, I'm not saying that the set decorator was fucking Nostradamus or anything, but it's kind of weird how this art sort of foreshadowed life in the future. So, anyway, that's my little eerie coincidence in this film. That was um, heavy, man. Um, are you being an ass? Or are you just? Are you? Are you <laughs> <laughs> it's no. Tad, you are, you're, you're you're tad, tad, he, he's a fucking asshole. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, lots of lots of good stuff with like the nail gun and uh, all that other stuff. Uh, yeah, just a straight up uh, slasher fic that came out five months before uh, Halloween ever did. Uh, has a has a really strange twist that I didn't see coming. Um, and upon further uh, 
research, it turns out this is actually one of Stephen King's favorite horror movies. What What did you guys think? Wow. I was waiting for uh, Robert Stack to come in and say, maybe <laughs> you can help us solve this mystery. You've been watching too much Unsolved Mystery. I was just listening to Andy go on about this uh, conspiracy. So, you know. But her yeah, diary I, and her murderer were never found. <laughs> it wasn't. I think we have a new impersonator on the show. That no, would, that's pretty. It's really bad. I bet Andy can do a way better. Robert Stack. Yeah, I bet he could. Give him time. Give him time. I enjoyed uh, it for what it was. I mean, it, it's. I feel sort of uh, shitty to be like Grace was too much for me, but I really like Toolbox Murders. Uh, right. right. <laughs> But I don't know, man, like the 70s grimy sort of, uh, you know, gory, visceral stuff like this. I it's it, this is my wheelhouse more so than uh, bloody nipples and <laughs> right f- f- babies with, with flies coming out of their nose. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. This is definitely a classic great slasher i think one that stands out amongst the crowd of the era uh it it's just i i I hadn't seen it in a while (laughs) i haven't seen it in a while and i always remember it being pretty sleazy and it you know it still Mm kind of holds up to that and but that's okay uh what what i was dumbfounded by was just how long it takes before we get to the story of the movie. It's, it is nothing first, like what? 20, 30 minutes in the movie. It's just nothing. But this guy going from door to door, killing women. I was like, did I miss something? Yeah. I was like, did I miss something? Did I miss a motive yet? No. Okay, cool. And if I, if you are not convinced enough of my love for this movie, I have two words for you. Cameron Mitchell. Mm -hmm. I'm done. IMDb has the plot keywords as female nudity, female frontal nudity, murder of a nude woman, naked dead woman, and bare breasts. Um, I'm I'm a a little confused as to why the redheaded chick was actually trying to take a bath in fruit punch before she even got murdered. Have you noticed how (laughs) red that water was before like anything even happened? (laughs) It was the 70s, man. It was or, her birthing tub from oh, the midwife. <laughs> <laughs> it's another unsolved mystery. Yeah, it's, it was Grace. <laughs> I just, what, what the part that I was, the girl I was confused on was the girl before her that felt the need to take her clothes off just to go to the closet, put another set of clothes back on just to take those off. You know, yeah. Like, Don't question it's been a while since you live with a woman, huh? Yeah, that's how we operate, Mike. That's the norm. What really? Is it also <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not question Don't these things up. at all. Just just <laughs> let them happen, Mike. Okay. I was I, I for a movie called Toolbox Murders, I was hoping for a little more Tim Allen and some grunting, but you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'd rather see Tim Allen killed. Yeah, but can you imagine like a, a, a Tim Taylor slasher? That would be awesome. Like he would keep screwing up because his Benford tools wouldn't uh, hold up. <laughs> the, sa- the Santa Claus Part Four. <laughs> I'll be uh, honest. I, I had a hard time with this one, and I th- and oh. you mentioned you mentioned it and why it's like I, I was I was just checked out by the time there was any reason to care, like because there's no story to it, and it just it didn't. It didn't like sleaze for sleaze. I don't care. Sorry. And 
it was just random killing and it just yeah. did nothing like that didn't hold my attention at all. So I was way checked out by the time it got to any story points like, that I just didn't care. And was, like Lori dressed like a little bow peep tied to that, you know, headboard. Well, that's yeah. when the story started happening. Like once the girl got kidnapped, I was like, Oh, there is more to this than just kill after kill after kill. But I've seen the the remake of this with Sherry Moon Zombie. And um, Annette, is that any Annette good? Pettis. I I actually like it. Of course, it was fine. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, and that was in the heyday of like uh, loving Hooper anything. One? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I mean, it's definitely different because it has more of a supernatural thing going oh. on. But so I did dig like uh, the hard time. I did really dig like the the ending though. I just thought the ending was like really kind of cool just her walking you know through this parking lot just covered in blood just with like the scissors swinging there (laughs) you know because she just had i kind of feel like that ending was kind of going for a little bit of a texas chainsaw massacre ending (laughs) Mm. just like i love this piece i'm sorry go ahead Oh, I know. I was just gonna say, I love this piece of trash. Like, (laughs) this is exactly like my aesthetic, but it's not, uh, it's uneven. Like it just, it front loads all the kills and then it turns into a different movie halfway through. So I can, I can see why Jason checked out, but that doesn't change how I feel about it. I, you know, obviously I think it would be better if it were, a little bit more well constructed plot wise, but it's just so fucked up and sleazy. I love it. Like it's just, it's just trash, and I love it. <laughs> Same Wait, here, but you, I, I kind of feel like its bad structure kind of makes me love it even more because it's yeah, <laughs> it's so bizarre in that regard. Yeah. So. And Cameron Mitchell. And yeah. then Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> you can never go wrong with Cameron Mitchell, especially when he's playing a psycho like in this. Oh, yeah. it's glorious. Yes. Uh, and when you are in your bra and panties and dancing in front of your window, it, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, you are a target. You are a major target. You know, What's you don't even there? have to be a horror movie fan. Wasn't there in the beginning, like just one big, long kind of like tracking shot from window to window. Am I remembering that? Maybe I get And that moment (laughs) reminded me of, of the opening scene in blowout a little bit. Just like, why are we getting this long track, this long artistic tracking shot in a movie like this? (laughs) You have no business here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly like whoa 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 calm down with your art there director this is <laughs> boobs and blood this is i mean okay it's kind of like a like a really sleazy uh uh how do i put it it's like a 42nd street rear window if that makes sense you know the way he's like peeking mm-hmm. in all the into all the rooms it's it yeah it's like a it's like if jack hill you know wrote rear window um i had forgotten about the brother getting killed getting set on fire so that was a whole new shocking moment there for me 
Because by the time it gets to that point, um, you mentioned made for TV movies earlier. It kind of, by the time we get past all the gore and, and, and TNA, then it kind of feels like it diverts into almost like a made for TV seventies mm-hmm. movie there for a little while. And then, so when he just, you know, gets set on fire, I'm like, Holy shit. They went there. So it kind of caught me off guard. The toolbox murders. Toolbox murders. Cool. Well, we found a movie Jason doesn't like. It <laughs> it's fine. The kills are cool. Sure. It's fine. I wanted that. I wanted that Redhead's uh, Towers Records uh, parking poster, though. That was pretty uh-huh. sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And kind of out of nowhere, you know? Like right, who has who has that? I'm just I'm just glad Andy she finally did. got to see it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I'm glad we all got to see movies in our collection that have been just sitting there. And so, with that said, that concludes the films for this episode. But don't worry, calm calm down. Wait, 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 wait. There's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. We're going to take a quick break so you can hear all about our very own podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And also so I can go poop. Uh, (laughs) But the PFPN has so many great shows on the network, so check them all out. The website, thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. All right, we got some awesome segments coming up, starting off with Shoutouts. It's time for Shoutouts. 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 That's right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, Shoutouts. We just asked. I didn't say that. You, the people to name a movie that's sitting on your shelf that you've never seen before that's still wrapped up. And we got some interesting... This is what's cool about this show is like you really get some far out there answers. I'm kind of excited for this one. Up first on the uh, group page of our Facebook, um, the group edition, uh, we got Peter Parker himself. Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man. Uh, he says, just one. That's right. <laughs> we all have a problem. We like to buy them. We don't always get to them. We just... Watch Neon Maniacs one more time. Yeah, Neon Maniacs. And he says, I have a lot of those. A recent one would be Island of Dead. I'm trying to remember which one that is. Yep. I'm trying to remember which one that is. I don't know if Mm -mm. it's not. There's an Island of the Dead. Move on. Right. Okay, moving on. Up next, we got a recent contest winner, Nick Leadham. Because he signed up for the mailing list. He's a cool kid. Yay, Nick. Uh, he says, 
the deadly spawn. <gasps> I was a fan of Metamorphosis, the alien factor, as a kid, which started out as a sequel to the deadly spawn. I figured these two would make a great double feature, but I haven't done that yet. Nick. And I was like, dude, it's so good. Turn this off right now and do yourself a favor and watch one of the greatest alien movies of all time. And he did. He said he just watched them. He said he just watched those two. And he said the deadly spawn is great. Yes. Love that movie. Yeah. Up next, we got Chris Anderson says The Witch. Cool, cool. Do it, Chris. It's you, so good. You will not regret it. It's one of my top movies. Do it. And do it. We got Don and Ellie. Oh, you're going to like this one, Mike. Okay, I'm sitting down. Don says, Just Before Dawn. Yes. He says, not that it's technically wrapped in plastic. I remove it the second I get my disc to my room and on the <laughs> shelf for storage. I get that, Mike. I do it when I get to the car. He does. He really does. (laughs) But close enough as I never got around to watching it and still have never seen it. Don, you got to watch it. It's, it's good. It's another, to me, it's another one of the 80s standout slasher films, probably for its oddball twist. Plus a great, uh, cameo by George Kennedy. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's so good. And I think, I think it was, uh, the DVD, media blasters back in the day and i oh and i loved that company so much um so i don't know if that's did he say it was dvd or blu-ray or no so i don't know what version you got but yeah definitely you definitely gotta check it out it's good it's directed by the same guy directed squirms just saying squirms let us know don what you thought uh next we got ildred walls that person said the megalodon Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know that one. I haven't seen it either. But okay. the Meg, that's pretty good. But the Megalodon, I don't know that one. It's the sequel. And then we got our old pal Mike Reeb, the Reebster. Reebster. He, uh, he says, "Oh boy, get ready, Tad and Andy and Mike." Oh, I think I can see it from here. Mandy and Color mm. Out of Space. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, he needs, he um, needs to get on those. He says, looks like I have a guest for my podcast. There you go. That's perfect. He says, I guess I'm just waiting for that perfect Nick Cage double feature night. Well, I think being on Tad's show would be the, make it the perfect scenario. Which one do you watch first though? I mean, yeah, good question. (laughs) Yeah. That stumped everyone there. That was good. (laughs) Chronological. Well, um, so we didn't have any comments on Twitter, which is at AOTKP. We didn't have anything over on Instagram because, you know, this is a weird one to answer. It's not just your favorite movies. People would have to get yeah. up and walk to their movie shelves. Well, I get that. It's not only that, but so many people <laughs> just don't even do that's I know physical media anymore. If they listen to the show, I bet they do. They do. Yeah, well, I hope so. Keep it alive, people. But guys, guess what? <laughs> guess what? We got a voicemail. No way. Oh, That's no. true. We do. I don't have it for us to play live, but I will fill it in. But anyway, let's listen to it now. Hey, gang. Attacker Brian here. See, so you're doing another unwrapped episode. Why I have 42 Arrow video Blu-rays wrapped. I'll give you my top three in order I'm going to watch next. First, we have A Bay of Blood. Then I think I'll throw on Video Dome. 
And last, I'll finish with Necromantic 2. I hope this message finds you all well, and take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Brian Godsell, for your awesome. Brian. I know. And you, too, can be awesome like Brian. And give us a call at our voicemail and leave us a comment. You can call us at 415-952-6857. Shorten it. The cool version is 415-95-AOTKP. So give us a call. We will play. We'll get your voice on the show. And that's shout outs. But wait. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, Mike, we got a celebrity guest. The streak continues. <gasps> Listen up. This is Yuri Boyka for Attack of Killer Podcast. I am the most complete fighter in the world. You come to me, you want to hear horror story. Okay, I tell you. <laughs> Warden comes to me, tell me want to fight American champion. They take me to all Valley Tournament in Reseda, California. They say this Daniel LaRusso is unbeatable. <laughs> I come into ring. He makes joke about where is Boris and Natasha? Fucking smartass. <laughs> As you can guess, I kicked the fucking shit out of him. Small little Asian man come in the ring, want to protect student. I bite his fucking lips off. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm back in Russia. I got another 132 years put on my sentence. Eh, well. At least, here's Insane Might's picks. Fucking 132 years. Fuck Daniel Russo. Bullshit. Well, thank you for that intro. And oddly enough, the movie is just like every Rocky movie rolled into one. I'm talking about 1963's The Sadist. The Sadist, also known as Sweet Baby Charlie, is a story about three people driving into Los Angeles for a Dodgers game when they suddenly have car trouble. They pull off into a junkyard and they are held captive at gunpoint by a bloodthirsty psycho who apparently needs to learn, who apparently learn how to speak by watching cartoons and his crazy girlfriend and the psycho's amazing hairdo. The movie is also a great how to in car mechanics as the psycho forces the psycho Charlie Tibbs played by Arch Hall Jr. uh, wants their car and won't let them go until they fix it. It's directed by James Landis. No relation uh, stars Arch Hall Jr. as Charles Tibbs. Uh, Richard uh, Alden as Ed Stiles, Marilyn Manning as Judy, Don Russell as Carl, and Helen Hovey as Doris. Uh, Charlie and Judy um, were, the the movie itself is inspired by the real life serial killers of Charles Starkweather and um, Carol uh, Fugate. so, you know, they're really, really manic and crazy in the movie. And Arch Hall Jr.'s performance is mwah, it's awesome. You know, his uh, his 
weird vocal things that he's doing with his weird laugh and his uh, whatever accent that's supposed to be his broken English or whatever. It kind of changes throughout the movie. Um, it doesn't ever stay consistent, but hey, man, what do you what can you expect from Arch Hall Jr.? Uh, it's the best thing he's ever 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 done. It is amazing. Um, uh, so again, it's based on like the whole Stark weather and Fugate thing. Although the character of Judy, uh, she acts very, very young in the movie. Um, like, uh, Fugate did, uh, cause she was only, cause Fugate was only 14 years old, but in the movie here of the sadist on the radio, they say that Judy is 18 years old. I'm assuming to kind of appease the censors and, you know, not be all pedo-y. Uh, Archal Jr. and um, Marilyn Manning also um, played young lovers in another film previously in the year before in the classic movie Ega, which is um, probably one of the best Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes of all flipping time. Um, Don Russell, uh, the, act, uh, the actor uh, who played um, Carl in the movie, he uh, would do second unit on another one of James Landis's movies known as The Nasty Rabbit. And he would also work a lot with Ray Dennis Steckler on such films as Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed Up Zombies, Thrill Killer, and Wild Guitar, which Wild Guitar also starred Arch Hall Jr. Um, Arch Hall Jr., uh, the movie is pretty low budget. Uh, so much so to, to save money on blanks, they actually would fire real rounds with the gun. Jesus. Yeah. Artal Jr. Claimed to be a master marksman and convinced the director to let him just go ahead and shoot live rounds no. in the film where he is literally pointing the gun at people uh. and shooting over their heads. And I'm sorry with a haircut like Artal Jr. I don't know <laughs> if I would trust him with anything, let alone a loaded freaking gun. Uh, so, but it is a great movie. It's, uh, on Tubi, so you can watch it for free. Um, and it's a pretty good transfer too. It was a really, really nice transfer, but it's just, it's such a great movie. It's such a great sixties movie and a great, um, uh, early sixties movie, especially. So it kind of has more, a little more fifties aesthetic to it as well. But, um, uh, just a, such, you know, and I've said it before in this episode, I'm just a big fan of simplistic stories, simplistic settings, and minimal casts and this movie has all of it and if you can if you can do a minimal cast and still be utterly captivated by the madness that is archall jr in this movie then um then you're good to go so i would highly recommend checking it out 1963 the sadist awesome it is awesome anyway that's the show folks that's it uh want to thank Erica again for being on. Erica. Thanks again for being here. Yeah, Hi tell guys. us again where to all this uh stuff's at. Uh so you can follow the first podcast, Customers Also Watched on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Customers Also Watched or Twitter at CAW Podcast. Uh the new podcast though, Unsung Horrors, that's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Unsung Horrors, and that Again, is where all of the details about the Horror Gives Back Challenge are going to be posted. Yay. Awesome. Follow along. Yeah. Yes. And donate. And, and again, it's a lot of fun having you on the show. So thanks, sir. Thanks for being on again. Thanks for having me. Anytime. 
So everybody out there, I hope this inspires you to open your DVDs and Blu-rays. If Toy Story 2 taught me anything, toys were meant to be played with. And so (laughs) movies are meant to be watched. Except for Clowntergeist. So long, everybody. Talk to you again soon on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast. 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 Attack of the Killer Yeah, you did it. Woo! It's awesome. You made it to the end of the episode. Look at you. Thanks for listening, guys. Come such a long way. This was a real fun ride. This one was especially good, Mike. I know. I mean, I felt like I was on point and my form was excellent. You do have a nice form. Hey, thanks. Head over to jointheattackers.com and you can figure out how you can help support this show and get access to so much cool extra content. Check it out, guys. Join the attackers.com.